0: Hello everyone, welcome to Learn to Pray. I'm your host, pastor, teacher, and author, Taryn Gaddis. Today's prayer focus, day 18, is bear fruit. John chapter 15, verse 5, in the ESV translation, God says this, I am the vine and you are the branches who abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing story of a little boy who was punished confined to his room but he would always sneak out after his parents went to bed he would escape from the window, then climbed down an old fruit tree. One day, his father told him that he was going to chop down the fruit tree because it hadn't bore any fruit for years. That evening, the boy and his friend bought a bushel of apples and during the night tied the apples on the branches of the tree. The next morning, the man couldn't believe it, could not believe his eyes. He said to his wife, honey, I can't believe it. That old tree that hadn't bore for so long is covered with apples. And the amazing thing is, is that it's a pear tree. When we close chapter 14 of John, Jesus begins his journey to the Garden of Gethsemane by telling his disciples that the time is drawing near for him to leave. John 15 is a discourse of our Lord while he's walking with the disciples from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. In this discussion with his disciples, Jesus reveals his plan for their lives after he departs and how the Holy Spirit had already been prayed for and it would be sent. Primarily what Jesus was doing here was that Jesus was uh, giving them instruction on how to survive and strive in a world that was gonna hate them. He tells them how to enjoy this life until they experience the next joy. It's amazing how In the book of John, we find the I am statements of the gospel of John. In John chapter 6, we learn that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He's all we need for our spiritual appetite. In John 9, he says, I'm the light of the world. He's all we need for our spiritual awareness. In John 10, he says, I am the door. He's all we need for our spiritual access. In John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd, and he's all we need for our spiritual acceptance. In John 11, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the light he heals all that we need for our spiritual authority. In John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's all we need for our spiritual assurance. And then John 15, he says, I am divine, which says he's all we need for our our spiritual abundance. The first ingredient required to bear fruit is the inerrant, infallible, inspired, incorruptible word of God. Billy Sunday said, if a doctor didn't know any more about medical material than the average church member knows about the Bible, he would be arrested for malpractice. It's important for us to understand how important the Word of God is. Um, The Word of God is God's powerful, preeminent, And primary tool in washing our minds, cleaning, cleansing our hearts and purifying our souls. In Psalms 119 verse 9, we learn that God says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to the word. Again in Psalms 119 verse 11, God's word says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Gospel of John chapter 17, verse 17. God says, Sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 says that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. In other words, what Jesus is speaking of, and the Bible is clearly saying, is that only the word of God is used to cleanse us. There is no substitute. He says that we must be cleansed in verse 3 already listen to his words you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you remember God's word is powerful preeminent and the primary tool in washing our minds cleansing our hearts and purifying our soul then we move to verse 4 it says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Amy Carmichael says, Never let good books take the place of the Bible. Drink from the well, not from a stream that flows from the well. George Duncan says, God God never revealed the deep things to those who only drop in for an occasional chat of all of the weapons of war used in ancient times the short sword was the most deadly when in Ephesians it tells us to put on the whole armor of God because we wrestle not against flesh and blood It, it it he said, but after putting on all the armor, he said, take up the sword. It was not large, a large slashing sword designed to, to cut or to break, but a sharp sword used in close combat. It was the sword that could penetrate and cause eternal internal damage to organs leading to death. It was used in face-to-face hand-to-hand combat the deeper it penetrated the more it accomplished its purpose and ladies and gentlemen of all the weapons available to us there is none greater than the word of god it is the final authority of all matters of faith and practice and as we get into jesus the word and as Jesus, the word gets into us and makes an amazing transformation, it'll automatically take place. And suddenly we find, find plans that we didn't make, promises we couldn't keep, purposes we can't destroy, and powers that we don't have. This is the greatest guarantee right here in verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is one of the greatest guarantees to answer prayers in the entire Bible. Jesus is saying here, catch this, if we are in the word and the word is in us, we have carte blanche in prayer. Whatever we ask will be done. It's not my word that changed his will, but it's his word that changes my will. As I began to grow in the word of God, suddenly my desire became not my desire, but his desire. My plans became his plans, and his will became my will. But an amazing transformation that the word takes and as a result of embracing the the truthful word as it is enjoyed in our fruitful walk Jesus identifies himself as the source the substance and the secret of a fruitful Christian life In verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. In verse 5, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. The vine had become a symbol of the nation of Israel. It was founded on a Jewish coin in the Maccabee period. And in the day when our Lord walked upon the earth, There was a huge network of vines adorning the entrance of the temple, the temple of Herod, evaluated by some at the value of almost $12 million. Throughout the Bible, Israel is depicted as divine. Psalms 90 verse eight, Israel is divine, brought out of Egypt into Canaan. In Isaiah five, Israel is divine, that has produced no fruit. In Jeremiah 2, Israel has been become the uh, degenerated vine. In Romans chapter 11, Gentiles are grafted into the vine. Vines and branches used to depict the relationship Jesus has with his people. Without the vine, there could be no branches. But... Without the branches, there would still be a vine. The vine is rooted to the soul and is a source of nourishment, nourishment that enables the branches to grow. Ladies and gentlemen, the ability to grow does not lie within the branches, but within the vine. No branch. That is severed, separated, or shredded from the vine has any chance of bearing fruit. Separated, severed, or shredded. When the connection is broken between the branch and the vine, watch what happens. The vine will go on producing other branches, but the branch will wither, dry up, and die. However, as long as the branch continues to be attached and connected to the vine, it will continue to serve its purpose and bring forth fruit. Isn't it interesting that Jesus never told us to produce fruit, only to bear it? Why, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Because a branch cannot produce something that, is, that it doesn't possess. A branch Possesses No fruit It only bears fruit He says How do we bear fruit? You might ask Eight times Count them Eight times We find the word Abide Depending on what translation Or the Bible that you have before you The Greek word for abide is Mano it means to remain, it means to stay, it means to dwell, it means to endure, it means to be present, it means to stand, it means to tarry, and it means to continue. The underlying underlining meaning of this word or term is used of the idea of belief, abiding. Gives the idea of belief. Negatively. This is seen in John chapter 5 verse 38. And you do not have his word. Abiding in you. For you. Do not believe. The one who. Has sent me. One. Who truly abides. In. the one that he truly believes has power. The one who truly abides is the one who truly believes because he believes his whole lifestyle is affected and while others may doubt, deny, and drift he abides because he believes in the one whom he abides. And so eight times he tells us to abide. Menno. He tells us we must remain in him. We must stay in him. We must dwell in him. We must endure in him. We must be present in him. We must stand in him. We must tarry in him. And we must continue in him. And so Jesus then... Because he knows that some of us are hard at learning. Jesus provides an object lesson. In verse 2 he said. Every branch in me. That does not bear fruit. He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes. That it may bear more fruit. In other words. The saved man. Who ceases. To bear fruit. Will be purged. And pruned the saved man who ceased to bear fruit is purged and pruned and God may use trials and troubles and tribulations and tragedies to prune off the rough spots that will cause us not to bear fruit so that you and I can bear more fruit sometimes we feel like that when we're going through trials and troubles and tribulations and tragedies that and God begins to prune on us that we think that we're outside the will of God. But John clearly says in verse 2, it means that we are in the will of God. Because what God is doing is pruning, uh, for us the rough spots that causes us not to bear fruit. But in in verse two, he teaches us about the saved man that ceases to bear fruit. But in in chapter in verse six, he teaches us about the lost man who could not bear fruit. Verse six: If anyone does abide does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch, and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If a person is not bearing fruit in their lives it is an indication hear me ladies and gentlemen it is an indication of a lack of growth or a lack of grace when a person does not bear fruit in their lives it's an indication of two things it's an indication of number one a lack of growth or number two a lack of grace either they are backslidden, or they're lost. However, the secret of bearing fruit is to abide, to remain, to stay, to continue, to live with the Word of God, and live by the Word of God, and live through the Word of God, and live in the Word of God. I like how Jesus it exposes this and expands this idea of bearing fruit, because in verse two he says you bear fruit. In verse the, the B part of verse two, he describes it as more fruit. And then in verse five in verse eight, he talks about much fruit. He says in verse two, you bear fruit. In verse B part of verse two, you bear more fruit. In in verses five and eight, he says you bear much fruit and so what this looks like is is that as we begin to abide we begin to bear fruit as we continue to abide we begin to bear more fruit and as we go on abiding day by day Jesus is saying that it is possible for us to bear much fruit I believe that it's safe to ask what kind of fruits? What kind of fruit? Since the greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible, let's let the Bible speak for itself. In Proverbs eleven thirty, the Bible says, "'The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, "'and whoever captures or wins souls is wise.'" So, one kind of fruit is sharing God's story. Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, what kind of fruit? Sharing God's story what kind of fruit that's found in uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 it is to study God's word and to connect with God's family and then Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 simply says through him then let us continuously offer up sacrifices of praise to God that is the fruit of my li- fruit of our lips that acknowledges His name, and you probably already guessed it. This fruit is to worship God's name. Those would be hard to rank, but doesn't it make sense? You may have walked into this thinking, Pastor, what is fruit? What is the fruit that I need to bear? When I became a Christian. I started out abiding in Jesus. He put a love in my heart for lost people. And I bear fruit by telling them about Jesus. As I grow and continue to abide in him, I begin to bear more fruit as I become more like Jesus. To the point that I don't care. I don't have to wait until Sunday to praise him. But I began to bear much fruit to where I can get my praise on in the church house or in my house or in my shower or in my car. Do you know what most people notice when they first see a tree? It's not the vine, it's the branches. The branches are the first impression of the tree. If they are in full bloom and manicured and and perfect and loaded with fruit, then it's a reflection of a healthy, vibrant tree. But verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. And so, prove to be my disciples. Christians whose lives are blooming full of fruit make the Father look good. I think I ought to say it again. Christians who live a blooming full of fruit life makes the Father look good. Now, if you've been listening to me over the last 18, Days, then you know what's about to come. Now comes the questions. If you're saved, and if you are a branch, what is the first impression others get when they look at your life? One more time. Question. If you're saved, if you are a branch that's connected to the vine, what is the first impression others get when they look at your life? Question number two. Now don't ask yourself what is the first impression others get when they look at your life But I'm gonna ask you another question. Which of these three levels of fruit are you bearing in your life? Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing more fruit? Or are you bearing much fruit? One more time. I I want you to ponder this today. What level are you? Where where are you in your spiritual journey? Are you bearing fruit? Two, are you bearing more fruit? Or three, are you bearing, bearing much fruit? It's amazing. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus outlines the purpose for the lesson. In other words, he says, if you forget my sermon, don't forget my story. Here's what he says in verse 11. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be in you. in the midst of trying times he gives us a couple of reminders to keep our joy tank full think about that Jesus loves us just as much as the father loves us verse 9 says as the father has loved me so I love you abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What a wonderful thought. That Jesus loves you and I just as much as the Father loves him. His desire is that we abide never forgetting or losing sight of how much he loves us. One way to do this is is by abiding in his commandments or abiding in his word. What What an incredible, what an incredible thing. Love, ladies and gentlemen. Is the badge of our Christianity. It is irrefutable evidence of our connection with the vine and the Lord Jesus Christ. First John chapter 4, verse 20, and we're gonna pray. Says if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. He cannot love God whom he has not seen. It has always amazed me to see people who profess to love Christ, but act like they hate Christians. The hating hopeless, helpless, homeless, lost, lonely, lavishing, all to strike a chord of compassion within us. The down and out, the in and out, the up and down, and the out. It ought to all move us to tears when we see a brother or a sister who is far away and have no idea of the love of Christ. He says in verse 14 that you are my friend if you do what I commanded you. I have watched down through the years those who seem to have started out well, but they ceased to abide. So they didn't finish. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. When a man starts out to be a Christian, If he looks back, it's only a matter of time until he goes back. Last question. When you stand before God in front of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, will you stand? in a fruitful life. Alan Redpath a well-known British devotional writer one that used to be a pastor of Moody Memorial Church in Chicago he said once that his conscience was stabbed awake. One day when he heard a preacher make the statement, and here's the statement, you can have a saved life, but a lost life. He further writes, when I heard that, I realized that while I was on my way to heaven, I wasn't taking people to heaven with me. While I realized I was saved, my life was not Influencing others for Christ. I wasn't bearing fruit. My life was bearing. Because I wasn't serving God. Ask yourself the question. Who will be in heaven because of me? Are you going to stand before for God empty handed? Who's going to be in heaven because of you? Who's going to run up to you and say, because of you, I am in heaven and I'm saved. Are there any lives that you've helped along the way? What kind of impact what difference have you made in the kingdom of God I don't know about you but I want to bear the fruit that God has purposed and planned and predestined for me to bear every day until he comes home let's pray Heavenly Father I'm blessed, I'm so blessed to be saved by grace through faith in Christ. I desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, to grow in grace and to produce spiritual fruit that is honoring to you. Help me to be diligent and disciplined in my Christian duty not relying on my own abilities and excellence, but trusting in you and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that in his power that I may become the person you desire me to be. I pray that as I grow in grace and increasingly develop in my spiritual walk, that I'll realize more clearly how precious to you it is to live my life with these attributes. I pray I will become more self-controlled in the areas of my life. May I develop patience knowing that you are enabling me to grow more and more like Christ so that I will eventually become fully conformed into the likeness as his godliness shines through me. Father, I pray that you would increase in me the desire to know you more, to love you better, and to live my life as you have ordained, so that I may add to my faith more virtue, patience, endurance, brotherly affection, and godly love. I pray that my life may be rooted and grounded in Christ and that I will be useful to you and fruitful in all I say and all I do. Father, thank you tonight for challenging my life To bear fruit. To bear more fruit. And to bear much fruit. Help me to live my life. That you may be glorified in my life. And that my life. May remain. Hidden. With Christ. With Christ in God. In his name, we pray, amen and amen.